Welcome to the Childhood Cancer Hall of Champions podcast. Our mission is different. We're not about numbers, cures, donations, or research initiatives. We want to dedicate our platform, childhoodcancerhall.com, and this podcast to children age 0 to 21 and their families who are affected by childhood cancer. We want to share their stories, celebrate their lives, and create a community and support network that's forever free for these families. Whether you're a child, sibling, family member, friend, or someone who wants to learn more about the subject, you are welcome here. It's a safe place where we can lift each other up, educate the public, find new language, and let the stories live on. Let the families not be defined by cancer. These are their stories, legacies, and living memorials. So I am here with Samantha Ronsi, uh, right here in Childhood Cancer Hall of Champions podcast. Welcome, Samantha. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So Sammy, you go by Sammy. Yes, I go by Sammy. And um, my organization is actually Sammy Sendoffs. Sammy Sendoffs. Um, yeah. What is your organization about? What do you What do you do? So I send care packages to children with cancer all over the country um, from my youngest care package has been 11 months old to 18 years old. So wow. there's a pretty wide age gap there that I sent. I've sent to Hawaii. I've sent to California and even my home state, Rhode Island. So really all over the country. Wow. And you're just 16 years old. I am. I'm 16 years old. Wow. So how, you know, what made you want to start such a project? How, how long ago was that? How old were you then? So I was actually, when I first, I always say that helping people has always been placed in my heart. I've always wanted to help people. And when I was eight, I don't know if you remember Hurricane Sandy. Yes, um, I do. Yes. So I was just sitting home with my family and I was, I was thinking of ways out of how I could help the community. And I said, you know what? I want to help childhood cancer patients. And my mom was like, well, that's pretty random. Mm -hmm. And um, I stood out in my front yard once the hurricane cleared up. I stood out in my front yard with a sign that said help cancer. And I raised $200 in two days for a girl, a local girl with cancer. And like I said, I was only eight. Wow. Um, so I gave the money to a, the girl. Her name is Haley. She actually had um, an aggressive tumor oh. and she ended up passing away. Um, but she really helped my, like flip a switch in my brain to be like, okay, so maybe this is what I want to do. And then fast forward to April of 2020, I really wanted to make a difference in the childhood cancer community. I was seeing a lot of cancer patients. Of course, you see St. Jude commercials all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so I contacted a family. I got in contact with them through mutual friend. And this family is the Navarra family from Virginia. And to say they changed my life is mm -hmm. absolutely an understatement. Their daughter, Emily Grace, was diagnosed with medulloblastoma at the age of two. 
and she had fought on and off and she was six at the time that I delivered her care package. This was in April, uh, March mm-hmm. and, uh, in April, unfortunately she passed away from medulloblastoma and her family has become my adopted family. I call them my adopted family. Um, I, everything I made a promise to her family to do everything in her name and to honor her name and to make sure the whole world knows her story. And that is why I started Sammy Sendoffs. Hmm. Why is it so important for you to think that it's really important to remember her story? You know, she's, she's a little angel among many others. What made you realize that it's important for the world to remember her legacy? Um, so she, like I said, she fought cancer multiple times and throughout her fight, she was, there was never a time where she wasn't smiling. And I think just because it was my first real care package I ever sent out that really, I grew so close with that family and I'm still so close with them. I talk to them daily. Mm. So I, I think she, I call her my little guardian angel. She's, she just really planted a seed in my, in my heart and really got me going in this organization. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful story. When I think about a 16 year old and I'm trying not to generalize here because it's not fair. I remember myself being 16. I know other 16 year old girls right now we're still living in COVID. The situation is not fully under control as we're recording this in November, 2020. You know, I can't really say that we're all playing outside mall shopping, but you know, you're a young person. This COVID has impacted your life so much yet. You started something in the middle of all of this in the myth of all literally the, the possibly the worst point in the U S like what, what is that about? Um, so it actually, I think it's just a coincidence that it, was placed in my heart during COVID to Mm -hmm. start this organization. But I really, I've learned so many life lessons in my life. And one of my biggest life lessons that I've learned is to never take a moment for granted. And when COVID hit, everybody's world was flipped upside down overnight. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, like this, just like all the lessons I've learned in my life, this is definitely the biggest lesson is that, Things can change in a second. And I think that that also in such a dark time in the world, to be able to put smiles on people's faces, to bring light to the world, it just blows my mind that I'm able to do this. Mm, Must feel really good, doesn't it? It really does. I always say when I send out care packages, uh, about two weeks ago, I sent out eight packages in one day. And I left the post office with the biggest smile glued to my face and I was talking about it nonstop. I get the chills talking about it. Like I just, I, it's such a blessing to be able to do what I do and to be able to help people and to be able to actually make a difference in people's lives. Like I couldn't ask for more. When you describe it just now, even I felt Like, you know, I could put myself in your shoes to imagine that this is not just a uh, regular Christmas gifts or birthday present. Uh, This is this is something I like to say it's a burning passion that's in my heart. I would every single kid I come in contact with, I form a unique relationship with them and they are all they change my life in so many different ways. and. Like I said, I'm so blessed to be able to do this. 
When you said burning desire, burning sensation of trying to do good, I feel the same way when it comes to something, I guess is really very impactful in my personal lives. I love digital marketing. I love telling stories, especially telling other people's stories. Yeah. Um, with that said, I feel like it's such a blessing to be able to find something like that because do, how do you feel when you go to sleep, when you wake up in the morning these days? Tell us. Honestly, I feel like, I don't know what I did to deserve like this amount, this feeling. Like, I don't know how else to explain it, but I feel so blessed. Like I, uh, five years ago, I was wanting to do this. Like I was wanting to change the world in some way. And now I'm finally here. And I'm like, I'm like just so overflowing with joy. It's so amazing. I, I go to bed smiling, of course, thinking of all the warriors that aren't here today, but I go to bed smiling and I wake up just so grateful that I'm able to live life every day to the totally 100% fullest. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to live life for these kids. It's amazing. I love yeah. it. Yeah, you're still a kid. You know, we're not undermining you, you, your ability because you're making a huge impact in ways many adults can't. So what are some of the stories that come to mind? Because you, you named a couple of kids, their families, and they change your lives. But how? Like, what are some of the stories that come to mind? So there was one little boy I recently just met. His name is Johnny. And he's actually from Newton, Massachusetts. Mm. Um, he is just a ball of joy. And I, he's been fighting neuroblastoma. It's a pediatric cancer for five years now, five years. Like that's his whole life. He's six. So like, that's his whole life. And I met him and just to see his mom and his sister so happy and so thankful for what I do. Mm -hmm. I, like he just, and seeing him, he was so excited to have opened his gifts and to have seen, uh, he gave me a high five. We got a, the cutest picture of us giving each other a high five. I loved it. Um, and you can really see the struggle like these families have been through. Mm -hmm. And you think about it, five years is a long time, mm -hmm. like five years to, of hospital visits, needles. And I don't know about you, but I don't like needles. No, me either. Um, no. There's surgeries. He's had countless surgeries and they're still smiling. Like every day they smile. Every day they keep moving on. They keep, they keep going. And that was like, that hit me. I was like, wow. Like there are so many people who make the best out of so many ugly situations. And it's amazing to see that on right before my eyes. Isn't that crazy? Because I know that, by the way, I know it's not easy to be 16. And sometimes let's just argue, it's even harder to be 13, 14 when you go okay. through so many transitions, when you go through middle school, as I've, I didn't grow up in this country, but I heard middle schools are the hardest moments and times in people's lives. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I actually, middle school, I didn't really fit in and I still and high school don't really fit in that well. I fit in with more older, more mature, more people like me who want to make a difference in the world. Yeah. Um, but in middle school, I really didn't fit in. At I all. was always Feels the like one who was trying to do things. I was trying to be 
make differences. I spoke at the state house and mm -hmm. I think I was in eighth grade at the Rhode Island state house in front of the Rhode Island representatives. Like I was doing all these things and the people in my school were doing nothing like that, mm -hmm. you know? So I felt so out of place, but mm, now I hard. feel like since I've started this organization, it's given me a sense of belonging. I feel like, and that's really helped because I am 16 and all of these social cliques that teenagers have, I have my own clique and it's my organization and it's these families. And that's when I'm having my worst days with like teenage drama and all of that, I think about, okay, let's take a step back. Let's look at what I have and let's be thankful for what I have. Mm, isn't that beautiful? I can't help concluding that because I, that's exactly, you said exactly what I was curious to learn. I remember very challenging in that, at that age. And honestly, sometimes it gets harder, maybe a little bit easier, but the clicks continue even in your adult life, depending on yeah. where you work. In most workplaces, there's a lot of politics, a lot of clicks and uh, among men and women. So for me to hear that for you at this young age, you, you really, you found, now that you're finding, you found your vibe, you, you, you found your passion and independently, like, well, kudos to you that you didn't wait. You didn't wait for other kids to have to join in, hold hands together. Obviously it would be great, but you, right. you led yourself to this place. Um, what are, what are some of the relationships you've built outside of these families? Like, did people reach out to you asking more about what you're doing, wanting to help out and join in? Yes. Yeah, so it is absolutely incredible. The support I've been receiving from strangers, from family, friends, mm -hmm. from absolutely everyone. I've met so many amazing people. One girl, her name is Ashley. She's actually making Christmas ornaments and selling them to benefit my organization, which is wow. absolutely amazing. It's, it gives me goosebumps talking about it. Once again, like these relationships I'm building, even outside of these families are just, they, sometimes it brings tears to my eyes. Cause I, like I said, I don't know what I did to deserve this, but this is such a blessing. Mm. So this, this is some sometimes harder for people to really grasp and understand. There you are 16, you're not making millions of dollars. You you are not even adult. Uh right. yet you send things off. I can't wait to ask you what's inside the package. I'm like super excited <laughs> to learn more, but before we get there, what's the difference right now for when you I don't know, something super cool like when you get a puppy, when you get the perfect outfit. Uh, you know, for you to imagine prom, but you're too young for that. It's like when you get something you've always wanted, maybe it's iPhone. My God, I hear teenagers talking about the next iPhone, uh, the camera you want, like something that you possess that you own versus something that you're giving away. Like $20, $100 mean a lot to you right now. And you're giving that away. Like, yeah. could, could you compare the two events? Like how, honestly, like how does it feel? Oh, I, like I said before, I've had a ton of life lessons. I've very, some very wise people have come into my life and have taught me some amazing things. One of those people being my mom. Mm -hmm. And, um, so she always taught me that it, it doesn't matter the quantity, it's mm -hmm. more the quality. Mm -hmm. So I could get the greatest iPhone. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's a cool phone, but the quality 
I mean, it's a nice phone, but it doesn't, it, my heart isn't full from getting a phone. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like my, I, I, yes, I get excited, but my joy isn't, it's like, oh, that's cool. A phone. Yay. But when I bring these smiles to these faces and I see kids who are suffering, who might have a fighting chance to live, like they're fighting for their lives. And when I see them open their presence, when I see their faces light up and when I see them smile and their parents tell me, you know, they were just having the worst day. They were so sick in bed and you're the one who got them out of bed like that. I can get a million dollars and it won't compare to, to that. Like hearing that I made a child's day that's fighting for their life. Oh, it just makes me feel so amazing. Wow. So tell us about the packages. Uh, you are, how, how you curate, that's kind of the word we're looking for. I, I think about all these companies that send, you know, uh, men and women things like packages, like assemble your outfit. It, there's so much thought that, that go into creating this. Tell, tell us about that creative process. Yes. So all, like I said before, all of the kiddos that I come into contact with, I love to create my own unique relationship with them. So I'll ask the parents, I'll try and get to know the kiddos before I even send them a package. Oh my God. It's a lot of work. Yeah. (laughs) But it's amazing because I get to know these families and their stories. So I'll get to ask the families, like almost like a survey, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I'll ask what they like, what there's, what they've been through, what are some of their interests? Do they like the outdoors? You know, do they like music? What do they mm-hmm. like? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, basically I base my care packages around what the parents say. Mm-hmm. So if the parents say, for example, Emily's mom, when I first sent her her care package, um, the Navarra family told me that Emily loved princesses. I said, all right. And I knew Emily was very sick, so I wanted to get Emily a teddy bear. And I got a Build-A-Bear for Emily, and I dressed it up in princess, everything princess. So a princess shirt with the princesses on it, and I wrote her a note, and I called her the cutest princess in the world. You know, so it's like that. I got to send her a princess teddy bear, and she felt like a princess because of that bear. So other care packages, um, a boy named Leo from California likes lions. I sent them tons of the lion themed care package. I sent them lion stickers, a lion stuffed animal, everything. Wow. So, I mean, again, you're 16. We, I have not prepared myself for uh, this question, but you know, what, what is your budget? Like, how do you raise money to send all these packages and, and oh, shipping? Let's not forget. Point. That's a really good question because shipping is, that's the most expensive part out of everything. Mm-hmm. So right now I am holding my own toy drive for the holiday season. It's called the Sammy Sendos Joy to the World Toy Drive. Um, again, bringing joy to so many little girls and boys this holiday season. And so that's really helping. A lot of people are donating amazing toys. I had a state representative surprise me yesterday and bring three huge paper bags from Walmart and just so many amazing toys in there that are going to so many amazing children. Um, So that really helps when people donate toys because then my organization only needs to pay for the shipping. But I also have so 
t-shirts, sweatshirts, and that has really helped. And a lot, a lot of local businesses are helping donate. Um, shout out to the North Kingstown Police Department. There, we're trying to work together on something. That's my local police department. Amazing. Um, we're trying to work together on a fundraiser. So it's it's amazing the support I'm getting. I mentioned a girl is selling ornaments and donating the funds she gets to my organization. That's another way. There are so many ways people are helping me and it's amazing. How do people help you out if they're listening to this and they're thinking this girl's doing something really interesting? Uh, what is the website or best way to, to reach out to you and to make contributions to your organization? So the very best way is my website. It's www.sammysendoffs.weebly.com. So it's Sammy Sendoffs, S-A-M-I-S, S-E-N-D-O-F-F-S, and then dot Weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y. Oh, wonderful. Oh, this is so great. And, you know, I work in digital marketing. I'm already calculating to say, hmm, you know, there's some, a couple of domain names that you can maybe purchase that make this shout out even easier, but good on you because I, I think some people are hearing this. You might not realize this. You don't, it, it's, it's not that trivial to put together an organization because there are websites, there are relationships you have to build. They're direct, you're directly interfacing with parents and kids who are going through, going through tremendous hardships right now, right? We're not talking about, yeah, yeah. Exactly. There's a lot of emotions that come with it too. Like mm -hmm. when a family is grieving, I'm right there grieving with them. Mm -hmm. Like I almost become, for the Navarra family, I've almost become part of their family. So like that, their family, when I experience highs, lows, I, when they're missing Emily, I'm missing Emily. You know, there's so many emotions when uh, another warrior's fighting, I'm on my knees praying for them nonstop. Like they are, these kids really become my life. Mm -hmm. So it is, it is a lot of work sometimes, especially on the emotion, emotional end, as you can imagine, sometimes it can be tough especially mm -hmm. when you build these relationships and you see these kids going through what they do it makes me mad sometimes mm -hmm. that they have to go through that so there are so many emotions and sometimes it gets overwhelming mm -hmm. um but then like I said I gather my thoughts I say okay so if we think about my purpose and why I'm here and the joy that I get from so many smiles like this is why I need to keep going this is why it's amazing and I feel so amazing at the end of the day Hmm. Does it, I mean, you brought up a good point. Sometimes it must feel really overwhelming because as we started this project, Childhood Cancer Hall of Champions, looking at a lot of these photos, it's really hard. And I don't want to look away and for me to really pay attention and to, to realize, you know, what a, what a blessing it is for us to be able to service them in some way that right. no matter how tiny this, this impact may be in their lives, so what do you do to kind of pick yourself up or to kind of, um, to be able to get back into the work itself again? Like when, maybe on days and when you feel really down, I know it probably doesn't sound like it happens very often to you still. No, it doesn't. It doesn't happen very often. Cause I try and look at the bright side of things all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but some days I do have my down days where, like I said, there are so many emotions. Like I'm upset, I'm sad, I'm mad, mm -hmm. I'm frustrated at cancer. Mm 
Mm -hmm. And all of these emotions, when they all flood in, it's kind of an overload. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I actually, I rely on music a lot and that Mm -hmm. really helps me. I rely on a lot of music. I Mm -hmm. listen to all different types of music. I play guitar and music really is my getaway. It helps me even in other situations, just other life situations, whether it's the teenage drama Mm -hmm. or just other feelings that I have. Um, I really just write music. Writing is also one of my biggest things. I love to write about my feelings. Mm. Um, So yeah, that's, that's how I cope. And it's a great coping mechanism because it just takes me right out of a zone or a tough area I'm in and it pulls me right out of my funk and gets me into a better mood. Mm. I'm, you know, in my thirties, I'm more than twice your age and it still helps me. And I think it's just so tremendous for you to continue this journey that if in your thirties, you look back, it's like, wow, I still love writing. I still love helping kids with cancer. And you're walking, you're living in a beautiful life. And what really excites me is that journey is going to continue that you are able to draw so much positivity and, and feeling good from helping other people. That's, that's a gift that, that keeps on giving, you know, that's really an amazing situation you're in. I was actually just talking to my mom about this mm-hmm. the other day. I was saying like, can you imagine when I have kids and these families, like I'm still gonna, these are lifelong relationships I'm building with these families like these families are going to see my kids Mm -hmm. they're going to get I'm going to go visit them I'm going to get to meet my kids are going to meet their kids like Mm -hmm. it's just incredible to think about even the future I'm building right now yeah it's it's so heartwarming and it just like I keep saying it it's a blessing it really is Mm. and you talk about relationship and you know again I'm I try not to focus too much on your age because uh just like you, I find a lot of people I talk to on this podcast or my other podcast to be people I feel like I've always known, uh, including people who are half my age, um, in a very strange way that I also felt more comfortable doing things that, that were not very popular at the time, or, you know, I never enjoyed clicks, didn't care for it, didn't care about promotions in the corporate environment. People are like, what's wrong with you? What's the point of this? But I mean, look at your school friends, right? From elementary school, middle school. And I look at my work friends. A lot of them are not really close to me or in my life anymore. Yet you are aware that you're building lifelong relationships. These people are eager that their doors will always be open. Even though, you know, you might be busy or even, even if you don't see them for a a few years, you know, for a few years, the moment you see them, it's like time has never passed and the warmth is always there. And that's one thing I love with the Navarra family that I, they have become my second family. Mm. Um, so we're actually hoping to meet them once COVID-19 kind of calms down. Hopefully it's soon because mm-hmm. I really want to meet them. Um, but I'm just so excited. Like she's, she calls me her, her second daughter, you know, mm-hmm. like I, it's just amazing that like I made that relationship just mm-hmm. because of one simple act of kindness, you know, mm. it, it really just, like I said, it warms my heart. And to know that I'm going to have these relationships forever. It you know, when you say one simple, so yeah, so rewarding. And you said one simple act of kindness. 
So I want to like really dwell on that a little bit because I've seen, we've walked through life to say, wow, that really doesn't take that much to pick up that cigarette butt, or it really doesn't take that much to, to, you know, give a glass of water to someone or simply say, simply to ask, how are you doing? Like really look into each other's eyes. Like, what can I do to help you? Can I just listen for five minutes? And you think it's simple yet other people are like, well, you know, I don't feel like doing that. That's not my chore. Why, why should I do this? And why, why does it feel so simple to you? Well, it feels complicated and, and unnecessary to other people. So like I said, I've had a lot of wise people come into my life and I'm so thankful for that. And I also have to, I have to owe it all to God because my faith is extremely strong and I've learned a lot through my faith. Mm -hmm. And meeting these people that have come into my life, aside from childhood cancer warriors and families, just the amount of people I look at my grandfather, Mm -hmm. he is so, my grandparents are the greatest. They helped my mom so much and they've always taught me you know if you got to be kind you have to be nice to people say Mm -hmm. hi how are you but mean it Mm -hmm. and I'll always remember my freshman year of high school there was somebody in my school and I was like okay maybe this person's a little weird but I promise this is a good story (laughs) so I got to know the person. We sat down and we talked and they told me stuff that had happened in their life. And let me tell you, uh, stuff that had happened in their life was not stuff anybody should have to go through. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to share any of the stuff because I don't know if the person Mm -hmm. would want me to share that, but that really got me thinking like, wow, I thought this person was odd. Mm -hmm. I thought this person was weird. I, I thought all these different things and this person has been through so much. Mm-hmm. Why did I do that? Like, why? And mm-hmm. so from there on, I've always promised myself that I'm going to be kind to people. I'm not going to judge as much as it it is hard not to mm-hmm. judge people based off of how they look. Like in a society like today's, it does get tricky. Yeah. But I promised myself to try my best to give everybody a chance. Yeah. To ask people how they are. I ask my friends daily, how are you? What can I do to help you? Mm-hmm. Like, I just want, I want people to feel loved. That's my biggest thing because there are so many people today that, and in today's world that go on, that they feel like they go unnoticed and I don't want anybody to feel like that. So I try my best to be kind to everyone. I try to just give everyone like a, a chance, like I said. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautifully said, especially for these young children. And I'm also thinking that, you know, they're, to a young person, he or she should never have to worry about cancer treatments or to li- to to survive. Yet they have to, and you're building a legacy for them while nurturing, being so nurturing to them and to their family. That's so beautiful. I mean, I had a I had a lingering question from earlier too when you said you reach out to these organizations. That is so smart on many levels. One that you don't and you shouldn't have to do everything alone because we are more powerful together. You know, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. You know, you want to be stronger and achieve more. You need help. And it's accepting help, admitting that you need help. It's a it's part of empathy. It's part of, you know, the, someone's maturity, right? I, it took me a long time right. to realize it's not a sign of weakness. Um Right. It's so good. Sometimes you need to ask for help. 
Like I've mm. noticed that even in my personal life, mm. it's okay to not be okay and to need help. And that's the biggest thing people should, if anybody doesn't get anything from this podcast that we're talking in right now, get that it's okay not to be okay and that you can ask for help. Yeah. So love that permission. Yeah. Give yourself the permission to, uh, to ask for help, but how did you approach it? You know, you, did you feel any, did you feel intimidated? I mean, reaching out to these organizations, departments, uh, hi, uh, what, 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 what's your elevator pitch? <laughs> How do you do so, it? Yeah. Especially when it, when it comes to fundraising, sometimes you have that feel like, oh, am I being pushy? You know, like you always have that thought that mm, those negative thoughts in mm. the back of your head, like, am I being pushy? Blah, 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 blah. Mm. But I take it as I always tell myself, you know, you only live once. This is something you're really passionate about, Sam. And if you're passionate about it, you're going to work towards it and you're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And it's those little things that'll inspire me. Those little thoughts that'll inspire me. I'll see quotes a lot online mm-hmm. and those will be like, you know what? I have to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it'll, something always comes about to, to show me when I'm in doubt. Mm-hmm. It, you know, mm. it's just, it's amazing. And did you ever get pushbacks from anybody? Let's just say when you reach out to an organization to say, you could order these things. These are the things that the kids will want and need. How do you deal with pushbacks? If any of them, any existed? Yes. So I recently did have a major pushback mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, I was like, what's going to happen? like this mm-hmm. I get very overwhelmed very easily that's one thing about me mm-hmm. I'm currently trying to work on but I I just got so overwhelmed I was like this is oh my head just wanted to explode yeah. and I luckily I have a great support system like I'm so I feel like I keep saying it but I'm so blessed to have the support system that I do mm-hmm. and I talk to people like I, it's okay to get help. I ask people around me who I love, who care about me for help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they talked me through it and I got out of that funk real fast. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, I just, I keep going because the end result is, I just know it's going to be so amazing. Hmm. It's worth it. Sometimes you don't even know or see through the situation. There's no guarantee. Can we talk about that for a second too? Because you know, you, for, for kids, uh, everything seems eternity. And, you know, as I get older, I build better relationships with time. Still, it's really hard sometimes to say that, Hey, Faye, you got to put in 40 hours of work, uh, or you got to work on your YouTube channel for a year before you can even think about monetization or reaching the right oh, yeah. audience. Like, was it like for you, you've poured a lot of time into it Well, you're still in school. <laughs> I forgot that you're right. You don't wake up and just do this full time. Right. You have school, you have your commitment, your obligations. Right. So, um, like I said, I mm-hmm. am super big in my faith. And I think a lot of that, the patience mm-hmm. comes from my faith. I've learned a lot through church, through different religious groups, not to bring religion into anything, but mm-hmm. it. It really is amazing the lessons I've learned even from that. I've learned to be patient, just to wait, trust the process. Mm. Because if it's not okay now, it's not not going to be okay forever. Like there's going to be something that makes it okay. 
Wow. Like even like the coronavirus, I asked my parents last night, I was like, mom, is this like going to be forever? Like I'm getting so impatient with all the lockdown stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I want it to be over. I just want to go back to life. I want to have huge gatherings. I want to hug people. I'm a big hugger. Mm-hmm. So I want to give people hugs. I want to, I want to shake people's hands. Mm-hmm. I want to just go back to normal. And my mom was like, you know, Sam, it's going to take time and it's tough. Because you feel like right now in this moment, you feel so helpless. Mm -hmm. It's like you can't do anything. And Mm -hmm. and for a lot of these families, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You can't Mm -hmm. do anything if your child's suffering with cancer. You have to to hope. You have to pray. Mm -hmm. And anything else is out of your control. And that's Mm -hmm. what I try and remind myself that there are so many things that I can do. And outside Mm -hmm. of those so many things, it's out of my control. I can pray. I can, I can be determined. I can work for things, but if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And that's outside of my control because at the end of the day, I know I did everything I could. Showing up is 99.999% of everything I've experienced. And we showed up to this, Oh yeah, right? Uh, these kind of interviews sometimes can get rescheduled. Um, People can say no very last minute. I'm not even referring to this podcast, but I've done this for the past six years. So I know showing up and showing up when I felt sick. Oh, those are the worst is when you're actually not feeling well, that you worry if you're not thinking clearly. Um, But showing up is so important. And I feel like that's, that's what you're doing. And secondly, what I heard is the fact that You are what Carol Dweck calls as a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. And then grow, I highly recommend that book to you. It's a little bit dense, I got to admit, but a fixed mindset (laughs) is someone um, who admits that it's not, it's not never, it's just not yet. You know, you're on a way to something that hasn't happened, but it doesn't mean it will never happen. And even though sometimes it feels like it's the case where, um, as a creator, as a content creator, of course, I understand. I pour my heart out. I want the world to read it, appreciate it, and, you know, agree right. with me, whatever it is. But you got to do the work first. And it's okay for other people to disagree and say, that's not a good idea. I'm not impressed. Or this is not your best right. work. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like there's so much both teenagers, kids and adults can learn from your journey. Um, what are some of the things that um, you welcome? Um, what are some of the things that, uh, you know, that, that you're, you're working on or things that are happening that you have not had a chance to tell the media or even, you know, share with your family, like what's bubbling inside that. Yeah. So, um, if you're referring to Sammy sendoffs, I have some super excited things oh, going God, on. Please. I have an event coming up and it's a holiday event. It's Santa's going to make a guest appearance. Wow. And I'm so excited. Santa's volun- it's, it's Santa's coming. <laughs> he's volunteering. Yeah, he's amazing. He's like, you know, Samantha, I'm going to help you. I was like, he's amazing. Santa, if you're listening right now, thank you so much. Um, Mrs. Claus isn't able to come, but Santa is. So we'll take that. And we have some Disney princesses coming. We have Anna and Elsa. And Superman's also making an appearance. We have photographers coming. 
Um, it's it's going to be amazing. And warriors are coming. Of course, it's all going to be social distance. And mm-hmm. there are going to be different times that it's uh, people are scheduling appointments to come. And mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of scheduling, but it's so exciting. I'm so excited. Oh, so Santa doesn't just make... Santa's very busy. So if he were to make an appearance, you know, it's, this is going to be a really good one. So where are you hosting these events? And, you know, obviously, you know, Santa's got to go to different locations, can be everywhere all at once, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I actually got on the phone with Santa and I asked him myself what days would work perfectly for him. So my event is the 28th of November and it's in Rhode Island. There's a horse barn that my sister and I ride at. So the owner, it's a very private horse barn, but the owner said, of course, you're welcome to have these kiddos here. And of course, Santa will have some cookies set up. (laughs) I was like, I was so filled with joy that I'm able to do this. And I'm so excited to see all these kiddos meet Santa and have such a great time. It's going to be amazing. Wow. And I must say, I know Rhode Island, it's one of my favorite places. It's very close to my heart and it's also close to me distance wise. And, uh, you know, and I got to say, sometimes it really surprises me. It doesn't matter where I go, whether it's Boston medical centers and, or I go to a small town somewhere in the U S or small town somewhere in China. And I've met, and I recognize so many kids with cancer. And I know that's only, you know, the, the number is a lot less than say adult cancer. So I, I don't know how you feel like it still surprises me in a small area in the zip code that we always find them. And how do you find your children um, to help so, and to serve? Yes. Yeah, so um, I do want to comment on what you said about mm. the, all these kids fighting cancer. It's sickening. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll, I'll physically feel sick when I read some of these stories, when I meet some of these kids, like why did I, Nobody will ever be able to reasonably explain why kids go through what they do when they are diagnosed with cancer. It doesn't make sense to me, Mm -hmm. but I do get into contact with them. I am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, Sammy Sendoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, And I contact, I'm in a lot of groups, Childhood Cancer Hall of Champions being one of them where I've met some awesome families. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of I am groups in Instagram for the Jimmy Fund, mm-hmm. for the Tomorrow Fund in Rhode Island, mm-hmm. Hasbro Children's Hospital in Rhode Island, and of course, St. Jude in Tennessee. Uh, a lot of families from St. Jude. The Childhood Cancer Group is a huge family. Mm-hmm. That's how I explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, Patients know other patients and those patients know even more patients. Mm -hmm. So everyone's like a big family when you're diagnosed with childhood cancer, because that's what you rely on. You rely on the support. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of these families have even referred kiddos to me like, Hey, Sammy, there's a kid I know they need a care package. They really need to pick me up. Like, do you think you'll be able to do this? And of course I, I say, yes, of course. Um, but yeah, I, oh, there are so many different ways that I get into contact with families. So it's really great. Wow. Yeah. It's a, what a lovely story because for, for listeners, you know, if, if you're busy, you don't, 
I'm thinking you don't even need to set up another organization if you want to contribute to these kids and families' lives. Well, well, Sammy is right here. So, you know, that is a, literally by helping you, that means you're directly impacting and helping these children and family. And to be honest, I really love smaller organizations like the one that you run because I know who's running it. I know how it's managed. Um, you know, it's not about efficiency. We're not talking about factory, but you, you survey the parents, you get into the conversation. So you're not just buying things they will, I don't want to say toss away, but it's something precisely what the kids want. I mean, how special right. is that, and right? Because that is something I really love. I love that I'm able to connect with these families. And for Christmas, mm-hmm. there are four lucky families that I am sending in their need this holiday mm-hmm. season. And I am sending them uh, Christmas gifts. And I am once again, asking them for their kiddos Christmas lists and I'll take care of some of their toys on their Christmas lists and throw in some things I think they'd like to. So they have a piece of me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like to, I like to mix. I like to give them some things I think they'd like and some things I know they'd like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they have some things for me personally and some things they love. So It's so adorable. Um, Wow. Thank you so much for your time, Sammy. I I took up a lot of your time, but what are some of the things that are like bursting, burning inside that you like to share with the audience, but I haven't asked you yet? Hmm. All right. I think, I think we've covered a lot of it, but one of the biggest things I'd like to bring it back to Emily's family. Like I keep bringing everything back to them. Um, And if they're listening, I just want to say, how much that they've really changed me as a person and they continue to inspire me um, just how they keep going. And so many other families who have had to deal with that loss of losing a loved one, even friends, if you're somebody's friend and you lost them to cancer, like it's such, it's a hard loss. And knowing a family that's gone through that loss I I can't imagine the loss they're feeling, but a piece to me feels Mm -hmm. that loss, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like I, I have my days where I'm like, I wish I could meet Emily. I wish I could see her. I wish I could give her a hug, but those days she'll always show me a way that she's with me. And it's amazing Mm -hmm. to whether I, I pick up her favorite toy, whether I just see a picture of her randomly like it, there's always ways she shows me that she's with me. And uh, I just love that. I love being able to carry this all in her honor. It's, mm. it, it makes me so happy that I'm able to honor her, honor warriors like her. Um, I have a picture right next to me. Mm. You know, I, it just makes, it warms my heart that I'm able to, like her name will never be forgotten because I'll say it forever, <laughs> you wow. know? Yes, yes, I, I'm with you all the way. And this is not superstition. I feel I lost my dad to cancer, uh, which I mentioned. Yeah, it's very hard. You said it's a hard loss. It is. it is because you go through so much and you have the time to grow even closer together towards the end. And, right. you know, and I'm so glad, so thrilled you can share so much of this um, with us. And I honor you and your mission and, I'm so glad that you get to feel good and this experience is so nurturing to you. And Thank you so much. 
Yeah, you, you young woman with a beautiful life ahead. I don't think you'll ever be depressed because you know exactly where to regain the positivity from and internally as well as externally from these families.